Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello there, we're back with another episode of The Ryan Tuberty Show with Paddy Power Games. On this week's podcast, we're joined by award-winning podcaster and best-selling author John Ronson. And his podcast, Things Fell Apart, has been, I have to say, a gripping listen in recent weeks. So we had to get him on to tell us all about it. We talk about the culture wars, the recent US election, and of course, being publicly shamed amongst other things. So why not give his podcast a listen after this? It's called Things Fell Apart, and all eight wonderful episodes are available now. Right, let's get to it. The Ryan Tuberty Show on Virgin Radio. So John Ronson is back with a new season of, I think it's fair to say, jaw-dropping, unexpected human stories uh, from recent history in the culture wars and this time really those that uh, engulfed us during lockdown and, and beyond really. John Ronson, what a pleasure it is to welcome you to the show. How are you today? I'm very well, Ryan. How are you doing? Yeah, it's lovely to talk to you. Really, really good. I mean, your your stories always uh, always grab me in because you seem to go left of centre to where you'd least expect a story to begin and then you just unfold and unfold and unfold. Talk to me about that, that approach. Well, I just love it. Mm. I, I, and there's always a twist or most often there's twists and turns and yeah they never end where you think they're going to I just love it I mean you know the sort of philosophy behind things fell apart was I was looking for the pebbles thrown in the pond you know if you if you turn up to a party and everybody's screaming at each other it's impossible to know how it all started so I thought it might be you know nice to go back to the very tiniest moment where where everything started to fall apart so so that's what I do in the series, and, and 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 it's incredible. Like you know, you start here and you end up all the way over there, and it's an unbelievable path. What, what was so compelling about this recent uh, series of of things fell apart was the fact that the the culture wars don't belong to a generation. Uh, all age groups get affected. All age groups get hooked on the narcissism of online interaction and the self. The, the echo chambers that they choose to wander through. This, this is not a young person's game. No, absolutely not. And in fact, quite a lot of older people. When yeah. I, I don't really do much on QAnon, but I remember when I was researching season one of Things Fell Apart, there's a bit of QAnon in there, but not much. But yeah, this was like, this is an older person's, this is a, an older person's uh, disease. Uh, partly because I think older people are less used to dealing with this new way of communicating than younger people. If you're if you're if you're born into 
into it. Maybe you can handle it a little bit better. But you've suddenly got these people in their 50s and 60s who are yeah, toppling like chess pieces, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to things like QAnon. That's very much an older person's problem. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a new way of communicating that people can't quite handle or assimilate. Um, I think that's good. And what's so extraordinary is that people have researched people being radicalised by QAnon. It can happen in a day. Like, like, you know, you go down a rabbit hole in the morning and by night you're, you're trapped. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, that, that's part of the, the ongoing... You know, the the bedevilment of all of this thing is that there doesn't seem to be any sense of a, a way out, and I think that's quite dark when I when I listen to your program and, and you know the, the, your podcast, particularly the the most recent episodes where we're facing mm. into the election in America where you live and you're now naturalized citizen. I think, and you know, and you must be looking yeah. around you going, well, we are very likely looking at four four more years of Donald Trump. Um, and mm. it's a very realistic proposition. And the culture wars, um, as described by you, will only be, they'll only move into territory even even you mightn't be able to uh, imagine. And you, by God, you've, you've covered a, a multitude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, 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 it could get worse. Oh, it could absolutely get worse. I, but let me say a couple of positive things. Um, first, where I live in upstate New York is very split, 50-50, Trump-Biden. And besides some problems with gentrification and higher property taxes, other than that, everybody gets on very well. Like, we all meet up in the bar at the... Well, I say we, I mean, I don't, because I'm so introverted, yeah. but most people meet up at the bar in town and get on very well with each other. And if there's a crisis in town, everybody gets together. So that's one positivity. Like, when you're outside of the echo chamber and the algorithms of the internet, people do tend to remember that we're all human and humans are a mix of good and bad. You know, the problem with social media, I've read about this since you've been publicly shamed, my, yeah. my book, is Lovely. that it... Yeah, Twitter creates uh, a stage for constant artificial high drama where everybody's either a magnificent hero or a thickening villain. But but that's not true about mm. most humans. Most humans were good people do stupid things, you know, and vice versa. So so that's one thing. So I think when you when you're out of the bubble, things get better. Also, in season one of Things Fell Apart, I had this particular episode called A Miracle, which is about two warring factions coming together. And people just loved it. You know, people were emailing me to say that they were crying on the side of the road. They couldn't drive because they were crying. And that makes me think that people want connection, really. We don't want to be at war. Most of us don't. And there's been studies. I think I think it's something like 14% of, of the American public. Um, there's a group called More in Common that have that have done this study. Like fourteen percent are, are like warriors who just want to stoke flames. Most people want want a coming together. Oh, it's amazing, John. I, 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 there's a there's a there's a graph I made up in my head once in the last six months. Whereas if you take a you know two sides to a page an A4 sheet and just give three percent on one side and three percent on the other and call them the mad left and the mad right, noisy, noisy, but the ninety four percent big gap in the middle is really regular people who just want to get on with their lives and make the world a better place but the noise from the three and three is so intense that maybe it's, it's completely misrepresenting humanity 
Yeah, and I, I think we really must remember that these kind of gurus, these these men's rights leaders, these cultural warriors, these people who were kind of stoking the flames and so on, they're, you know, flawed people with agendas. And, yeah, we don't have to listen to them. We don't have to be radicalised on, on Rumble. And, and and also, and I'm not just blaming the, 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 the right here, you know, the left have their own yeah. problems too. You know? totally. um, one, one thing I look at in season two of Things Fell Apart is how when the right lie, it's these great big mythological balls out lies. Mm. When the left, when the kind of activist left lie, it's more subtle, but mm. it's still lying. It's like if, if we want to make a particular sort of person the hero of the story, then we'll, you know, disregard the facts that you know, contradicts that kind of magical thinking narrative. So so, so it's not just the right that does it. But yeah, in the middle, I think we really have to learn to spot lies and to avoid them and to remember that human beings are, you know, basically good, complicated, weird, odd people, and that's fine. Uh, you mentioned already narcissism, and that's everywhere in every episode. But the other is grotesque mm. miscommunication. And that if people mm. communicated a bit better or listened a bit more or enunciated their, their point a little more clearly or whatever it might be, this this could ca- calm things down a little bit. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, now we've got AI to contend with. People are having to use... You know, we're having to use our brains in entirely new ways now. When we go, particularly on Twitter, but really, you know, all over the place, we have to learn to spot lies in a way that we've never had to before because lies are proliferating more now than than ever. And so, yeah, so right now it's kind of working out on Twitter. They've got these community notes where people say, no, 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 that's not true for this reason. Um, But this Elon Musk idea that you just put anything out there on Twitter and let the people work out what's true and what's not true. Mm. It's a pretty, you know, frightening philosophy. And also, thank you, Elon Musk. You know, he's not the first car manufacturer to to overstretch and decide that they know how the world should be. Henry Ford was another one. But it's pretty terrible that somebody who doesn't really know anything about journalism or nonfiction should then just take over one of the world's biggest information swapping services and then decided to, to give it some, you know, huge, crazy libertarian experiment. Like it's, you know, disaster is quite possible. Uh, John, congratulations. <laughs> Things fell apart. Pot, uh, season two, all eight episodes. I think I gobbled them up in one weekend. Best of luck to you and keep investigating, keep entertaining, keep us enlightened and, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Ryan. The Ryan Tuberty Show on Virgin Radio. Time to say, cup of tea, well-made cup of tea. If you can get your hands on one, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, is there a tea issue with the with the trying to get it imported with the ships and the stuff like that? There's talk of that. I don't know if it's true or not. The supermarkets are. <laughs> there's a tea like bread during a storm. Holy smoke! All right, Amanda. Good morning to you. Good morning, young man. How are you? <laughs> well, listen. That my day just got better as a result of that uh, uh, suggestion. Where are you? I'm in not so sunny Leeds. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Is it like raining, raining, or just overcast? No, it's a bit grey. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that the sun will come out. The sky's a bit brighter than it was yesterday, and we had rain yesterday. But yeah, I'm in um, on the outskirts of Leeds in a place called Kippux. 
Well, how lovely to talk to you today, and thanks for being with us. Um, I'd like to know a bit about you, though. What, do, do, do you have a job? Um, I do. I do quite a few things. Go I'm on. a Reiki master. A Reiki master? Uh-huh. Go on, yes. Uh, and I teach meditation, and I do counselling, and I teach psychic and spiritual development. How interesting. I mean, you, are you every and if day? that isn't enough. <laughs> yeah, go on. Is there more? Yeah. Oh, that's what I do, and I volunteer in in spare time. And I'm an NHS responder. Okay, okay. I love I love the cut of your jib, as they say in sailing circles. <laughs> um, as a Reiki master, I don't really understand that. But I, what I my from my from my couch view, it's something about people's energy and reading their what's coming out of them in terms of goodness and badness. Is that right? Not goodness and badness, okay. but strengths and perhaps slight weaknesses where okay. we have it balance so we have seven main chakras in the body yeah they're points if i cut you open ryan i wouldn't look at your throat chakra and go would you look at the state of that because it's actually an energy a theoretical energy point it's not a physical organ but we radiate energy and things um that happen to us the interactions we're involved in um, they influence the energy that comes. So the throat chakra is all about communication. So if, for example, I was doing Reiki on a client and I was working with the throat chakra, just sending energy in, I would be able to tell if that person was bullied at some point or if they're loud and brash yeah. because that affects their ability to communicate, both to send information and receive. So um, that's Reiki. It's rebalancing the energy system in the body. Well done. What a lovely description. So so coherent and cogent. I, I appreciate that. And the other thing I, I wanted to ask you, if you were in an elevator or a lift uh, with, say, three or four people, yeah. um, would you be able to say, God, that person is giving off good energy? I mean, it's become a thing now in, in the last, I think, 10 years or so where people talk about other people's energy in a way they certainly didn't do when I was younger. And it makes a great sense because you could be at a meeting and you say, God, they're giving off a lot of anger. Would you be able to tell that in the lift? Somebody's giving off really well, happy energy or sad first energy? First of all, I wouldn't. First of all, it would be rude and wrong to uh, dip into somebody else's energy without their permission. Oh, okay. But we are all psychic. Now, psychic, being psychic is energy reading. It's nothing to do with connecting with spirit. Connecting with loved ones in spirit is mm. spiritualism or mediumship. Being psychic is energy reading. And we are all energy readers we came into the world as energy readers okay. when we were tiny babies if somebody picked us up that was nervous or cross we would instantly sense that read that and we would start crying but if you're you know very cool mother-in-law who's had like three million children and she's just unfazed by crying babies she picks up the baby the baby already registers that that person's giving off vibes of confidence and comfort. Oh. So we're all psychic and That's... we're all energy readers. So if I introduced you, say I knew a guy called, oh, I don't know, Chris Evans, for yes. example. And I said to you, Ryan, my love, come and meet Chris Evans. He's a lovely guy. You're going to love him. And you say, oh, hello, Chris. And you shake hands and you immediately go, who's here? I don't like him. There's something about that chap that I don't trust. Yeah. Now, Chris, I'm a huge, I'm not on stalker level, but I'm a huge Chris fan. So I don't mean that, Chris. But we use energy to inform us. So we meet people and we go, oh, no, there's something about that person. Yeah. Or here's another example. And we've all done this. You go into a room 
everybody's just quiet. They're sitting, someone's looking out the window, someone's reading the paper. But you instantly know there's been an argument yes, in the room. Yes, yes, the vibe, you bad vibes. Yeah, up yeah. the energy, yeah. you read it. Now, being psychic is your sixth sense. You've got five physical senses, but being psychic is your sixth sense. Being able to read energy and give information or uh, be informed by situations or objects or people. So we are all psychic. It's just we tend not to listen to our uh, energy radar. We're more on Google than uh, personal energy. So, yes, answering your questions, going into a lift, you could pick up the vibe of somebody else. You could also pick up illness if you were looking to dip into other people's energy, but not really supposed to do that. You you need this song. You need a break. You've got a lot going on in your head. (laughs) So let's let's take you... Big day for you today, Amanda. Is that right? It is, and that's why this song's important, because this song, it's come out the year before, in 1991, but it was still very big when I got married in February... 92 and today is my congratulations and i married a young man called graham norton he's a bit (laughs) less rich and less irish than the other fella okay but uh, he's a keeper so um yeah 32 years my life i don't know where that went well look it sounds to me you're very lucky to have each other uh i really enjoyed our conversation amanda thank you so much for your time and happy anniversary Banana, you really are. And I'm loving, loving, loving your show. That's very kind. And Ryan. Yes. If nobody else tells you today, I love you and I think you're amazing. I love you too, Amanda. This is this day is getting better and better. Thank you to you and Graham. Happy anniversary. And this is our gift to you. The Ryan Tubridy Show on Virgin Radio. Virgin Radio. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
The Ryan Tubridy Show on Virgin Radio. Virgin Radio. Emma, let's say good morning to you. How are you today? I'm good, Ryan. Thanks. How are you? I'm great. What part of the planet? I am in Balbriggan, North County, Dublin. Balbriggan in the North County, yeah. Dublin. Very good. And what part of the programme in the last two hours and 12 minutes that we've been talking have has caught your ear? Oh, I was just listening to all the children's movies in the top 10. Yes. And I'm, I'm well-versed. I have four kids. Wow. And I have been watching nothing but kids' movies for years. So I have a, I sent in a full list. Of okay. The top ten that have been in my house. This is your list. I see. This is your list. Okay. First of all, let's let's get name, rank, and number of the children, so we get a rough idea of where uh, they're at now. Now this is funny because they're not really kids anymore. Oh, that's okay. My eldest is actually my my eldest is actually twenty two. Yeah. So this is how long I've been watching them. So they're twenty two, eighteen, yeah. seventeen, yeah. and fifteen at the minute. Wow, they're so at the age they all hate you. That's brilliant. So you've got that yeah. perfect quartet. <laughs> okay, go on. But but one of my children is she's seventeen and is a nonverbal autistic and yeah. is prone to kids movies. So uh, she'd be responsible for the million plus views on each of the movies. But all four of them would have watched them on a regular basis. Brilliant. And the seventeen year old's name? Tessa. Tessa what a lovely name that is too. A lovely literary oh. name. I love that name. So oh, thank you very much. I, I obviously didn't read Tessa the Dubervilles before I named her Tess though. No, no, you just have natural good taste and it just came out. Um, so, Emma, your own name has literary resonance as well, but we'll keep going because this is um, this is great. And funny enough, only earlier on we were chatting to one to another listener who was talking about how if, it, if a young person has, say, autistic or needs that are different to everyone else, if you want to call it that, um, yeah. uh, that films like Wes Anderson works um, and films, I've been, I've been told that comedy works and is great fun and it's... And you know, I mean, this is what you're you've discovered as you as oh, you grow yeah. up. They, it would be for kids of a uh, slightly different type of okay. autism than Tessa has, so she would be much more profound. So we oh, are we were stuck in Disney, and I think we'll be stuck in Disney for life. You make <laughs> it sound like it's a prison thing. sentence. Um, it would be stuck in Disney. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. Yeah, you're, it's it's bringing it's bringing something to Tessa's world that's very important. But you have to watch oh, it over and over oh, and over and over, yes. and over and over and over and over and over and over. Absolutely, that's it. So, uh, who's Enca- Encanto is in the newest one. Yeah. What is the Bruno? Oh yeah. I'm- yeah, oh yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't but talk. It's the music. It's the music from those ones that yeah. just kind of it captures her and we watch them over and over. But even things like Cars and Finding Nemo. And I like Finding Nemo because that was the first movie that I brought my eldest daughter, Isabel, to when she was twenty she's twenty two now. That was the first movie she saw in the cinema. And we still watch it yeah. regularly. That's it, Emma. That's 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 what I'm discovering here. We're asking kids about their perfect tens uh, in terms of movies, and what's what we're getting is a lot of the adults are ringing in to say that this reminds me of, you know, their own childhood, our own childhood, and then the films we bring into our children's world. Some of which translate and work a treat. Some of which fall at the first hurdle, like the Goonies for some people. <laughs> But for you, and then now you're now you love Finding Nemo because it reminds you of going to see it with Isabel for the first time. And I know absolutely, and it's great because I had the boys. I have two boys as well, so yeah. we were big into the cars yes. and you know the animal movies like Lion King and stuff like that, as <laughs> well as the princess movies, Frozen, Moana. You know, you were oh, you, actually Toy, toy Story. You, toy you, you story. could do a PhD on this. You you you. Oh my God. 
gosh. Yeah, not my chosen subject, but I'm well versed. Oh, you have no choice. It's not that it's your, yeah. it's your chosen. We cho- you, It was chosen for you by yeah. by by, yeah. by the stars. It was. It was. And are, are you from the United States originally? Is that it? Guess where I'm from? No, Canada. Canada. Oh no, I knew you were going to say that. I knew I got it wrong. God damn it! Uh, you're a Canuck. I know. And you're... I am. I am a proud Canuck and living what, in Ireland for about what? nearly okay. thirty years. Thirty years. Well, you nearly didn't. thirty years. Yeah, a long time. Isn't it funny? We were only talking about that earlier on, how some people can go away for a weekend and come back with an accent. Some people can go away for 40 years and keep their thick Canadian or Irish accent. Fresh off the boat. I I often get confused for tourists. Oh, I can imagine. Did you marry an Irishman or did you come over with... I did. Mm. I did. I came over on a holiday after university. It was just travelling around, met him, and I'm still here. Crikey, you're kidnapped. Yeah, I do. That's what my mother would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And where did you meet him? We got a job actually working. I had to get a part-time job and in a cinema. Which cinema? I don't want to know the granular detail now. Which cinema? It's long gone. It was UCI and Kulak. I think now yeah. it's the Odeon. Yeah. yeah. And you met there and uh, over multiple tubs of popcorn yeah. you said it's you and me forever um, yeah, yeah. And, and four kids down later the aisle. okay you down the aisle exactly usher playing at your wedding yay okay <laughs> uh emma you are on our our bus uh, part you're definitely part of the, of the nerd herd here i love that uh, oh, yeah. and uh, listen love to you and to tessa and isabel and the boys and we'll talk to you soon i hope stay tuned brilliant i will what thanks a pleasure very much to Ryan. talk to you bye for now the Ryan Tubridy Show on Virgin Radio. Virgin Radio. Deirdre sent a voice note into double, uh, plus double four, treble three, double zero, treble three, double zero. What has she got to say? Let's find out. Ryan, hi. hi. It's Deirdre from Dublin. I went to see the Zona Interest yesterday. Again, oh. in the afternoon and oh. again on my own. Yeah. It is eerie and unsettling mm-hmm. beyond belief. It's disturbing. You're waiting for the big thing to happen. And the big thing doesn't happen. Shapers. And that's what's so unsettling. I would recommend it to anybody. I think it should be shown in schools. Mm. Secondary schools, probably. Yes. But it's just amazing. Yes. That's a five out of five. Yeah, well said. Have a lovely day. And same to you. Same to you, Deirdre. Uh, Deirdre, not afraid to go to cinema on her own. That's another topic in itself. It's the most empowering thing I ever learned. I think I was about 35 when I first realised it wasn't freakish to go to the cinema on my own. And I wish I'd known before. Because it's absolutely wonderful. And that's not to say going in company is bad either, incidentally. But I'm just saying it is great. And it's not dissimilar to dining on your own. That took me years to get my head around. I thought it was, what are people going to say? Then you get to a point you realise, who cares? (laughs) What strangers think? Why should anyone be bothered with what someone thinks if you're on your own? It is divine. It's sublime. It's beautiful. And you walk out and you think... I'm going to have myself, my own thoughts on this. I'm going to reflect and think as I make my way home and the whole thing. And then there's other days where you go, oh, I'd love to talk to somebody about that straight away. It depends on the film. So Zone of Interest, might as well light on that for a moment because that's um, the film that Deirdre was talking to. And that is a particularly dark film, obviously, and it's it's based in the, uh, it's, it's, it's Auschwitz, but it's not the, the concentration camp. It's the, it's the home of the camp commandant. And the wall of the home of the camp commandant backs onto the actual camp itself. So what this film is all about is not the concentration camp. You do not see what's happening. What you do, though, is you hear what's happening. So as the children are playing in the paddling pool, and it's beautiful technicolor and it's dreamy almost, you hear gunfire. 
and random shots and you hear Alsatians barking very distantly and you might then see a scene and they all seem to be having a nice time and then in the win window you see a chimney and you know what's happening and what's coming out of the chimney and then you see fertilizer in the garden and you know what that is too I mean it's that dark it's that grim it is that extraordinary that you're looking at it going like she tries on a fur coat that just magically appears on the doorstep you know where that's come from and in the pocket she finds a lipstick and she's patting her at the lipstick. So you see, it's dark as hell. That's why I was kind of trying to wait for a moment to tell you about it. But, but look, we're all grown ups here and, and, and that's, it's an important film. It's also not that long. And equally, what's quite disturbing about it is the, the soundtrack is quite stunning because it has that, 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 it's not even, I don't know what music it is, it just makes this noise, this mm, groaning sound. So you need to see this film in the cinema. It's essential. So be sure to go and see it there because the sound, it's all about soundscape. And it is what you don't see. It's like a horror film. And it's called The Zone of Interest. And I think it's probably the film of the year so far for me. It's a five. I think it's nearly a five, if not a full five. It's a four and a half plus a thereabouts. Stunning. So I'm glad Deirdre agrees with me on that. Uh, but it was American fiction we were talking about yesterday. Much lighter. Much, much easier on the brain. Um, and a, a quality satire. So there's lots of good stuff out there. But be sure to go and see it in the cinema if you can. Otherwise you're on the couch watching on TV and missing half of it because you're on your phone. The Ryan Tuberty Show on Virgin Radio. And that's it for this week's podcast with Paddy Power Games. Thank you so much for listening.